all of these things that we do, it's like the, the instruments in an orchestra, right? Like your, your nutrition's like the, the trumpet and your sleep is like the flute and, you know, all these things that you do, but gratitude's like the conductor, right? Cause gratitude kind of, it controls your brain. It controls the emotions, like all of this stuff. And everyone's like, like ready to go and ready to start the healing process. But once like that, that switch happens in your brain and the, and the conductor, you know, gratitude's the conductor and starts like, okay, let's play. And we're like, then everyone starts to work together. Hello, thyroid drivers. Welcome back to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping you live well and eat well so you can feel well. I'm Ginny Mahar, your host and the face behind the apron at hypothyroidchef.com. All right. Thanksgiving is this week. So giving thanks is on a lot of our minds. The term gratitude gets thrown around a lot and it's kind of like drinking enough water. We know it's good for us, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we really get enough gratitude in our lives. Today's show is dedicated to gratitude. I wanted to do this show. I've been wanting to do it for a long time, not just because of the Thanksgiving holiday, but because the research on gratitude is so strong. This was actually a really key takeaway for me from my functional medicine health coach training. Studies have shown actually several times over that grateful people are less depressed, more resilient, more able to overcome trauma, handle stress, get along with others. Grateful people are more physically active. They struggle less with pain. They even experience more joy. This is a health supportive practice and gratitude can be like I think of it as like a thyroid healthy superfood for us thyroid thrivers when it comes to the thoughts and the practices that we feed our minds. I've always thought of gratitude as the most transformative force in the universe. So in terms of how to adopt a thyroid healthy mindset, gratitude kind of tops the list, but how can we get the most out of it? How can we really up-level our gratitude practice? Because as I've learned from today's guest, there's a lot more to it than just jotting down a few things you're grateful for. I'm so thrilled to introduce all of you to a very special guest who's here to talk to us about gratitude and how it's more than just being thankful. So with us today is breast cancer survivor, Hashimoto's warrior, number one Amazon bestselling author, certified natural health coach and host of the Gratitude Builds Fortitude podcast, Holly Bertone. Holly spent 25 years rising through the ranks of consulting and federal government service before her failing health shattered her corporate dreams. Since then, she's leaned into her path of true purpose as a gratitude and mindset coach by helping women reverse the cycle of disease and transform their overall health and wellness. Welcome, Holly. Thank you so much, Jenny, for having me on the show. I feel like we were just talking, like our, our circles have been parallel for so many years and just kind of staying connected. And yeah, it's just such an honor to be on the show. Thank you. Yes. Well, I know you're the perfect person to talk to us today about gratitude. And, you know, one of my favorite things about hosting Thyroid Healthy Bites and being in, you know, the thyroid realm online is that I get to meet such amazing and interesting people. And your story is so interesting, Holly, because I just think you survived one of the scariest things that can happen to a person. 
And then you became this source of inspiration for so many others. And in getting to know you, I've also learned that not only do you have the world's cutest pug, Hannibal, <laughs> yes, but you have this really remarkable professional and personal background. You have this intense corporate background. You're a project management professional. You have a master's from Johns Hopkins and you're married to a retired Green Beret, which, wow, you know? So when I think about you, and your husband, really, I think here's two people who understand what it means to have fortitude, like to soldier on and to overcome some of the scariest things life can throw at us with courage. So can you maybe start by telling us about that? How have your life and your story transformed both who you are and what you do? Oh yeah, absolutely, Jenny. And thank you so much for your your kind words. I just that that just oh warms my heart. Thank you. Um I always like to begin my story before all the health challenges began because I hit rock bottom three times when it when it came to my health. And I, I think it's actually funny, not funny. I was the quintessential overachiever before I got sick, as probably a lot of us are, right? And, um, I, you know, I, I always kind of joke, not joke that I was like, I was such an overachiever. My health had to hit rock bottom three times, but, um, yeah, I was the chief of staff for a national security office for one of those three letter federal government agencies that they make TV shows about. And, oh, um, wow. okay. Yeah. And you can kind of guess which one I have a pug named Hannibal, as you said. So, <laughs> but, um, and then I was, um, I, I like to race Xterra off-road triathlons. I was a mountain bike racer, uh, rock climb. I took Muay Thai, boxing. I traveled everywhere. I was like doing all of the things. And on my 39th birthday, I got the phone call and it was a, a doctor that I had never been to in the practice that had called me. And he says, so I'm calling to let you know that the test results came back and um, you have breast cancer, but don't worry. It's the good kind. You're going to need to call a surgeon. Do you have any questions? And I was actually commuting home. It was on my 39th birthday. And I'm like, all the tests have been done. I knew deep, deep, deep down in that place that no one wants to just acknowledge that's there. When I, when I found the lump, I knew it was breast cancer. But when you hear those words, when the doctor actually kind of speaks it into existence, it's like everything just stopped. And so processing that and then the good kind, I mean, and I know, you know, and I know all your listeners know that some doctors really don't have tact. Um, and the thyroid cancer survivors listening and ha have heard that those same words. Oh, this is the good kind of cancer. It's right. so the, the statistics are so good. Look, no kind of cancer is the good cancer. None. none it's just none. not something anyone should say, you know? Right. Kind of right. And I mean, it was, it was, um, for anyone that cares, it was ERPR positive, HER2 negative, which it was a very slow and lazy tumor. Um, I still wouldn't consider that the good kind. Um, so anyway, so that was my 39th birthday. And I ended up going through, through treatment. I went through um, uh, surgery first and then chemo and then radiation. So it was, um, you know, just the, the traditional cancer treatment. But 
I was using humor as my coping mechanism. And I joked so much about breast cancer being my gift on my, like it was my birthday gift, right? Like breast cancer was my gift. Like girls should you know, get flowers or earrings. My gift was breast cancer. And I joked about it so much that at one point I was like, huh, breast cancer was my gift. And I had no idea what that meant. This was back mm-hmm. in 2010. No idea what that meant. So let's put a pin in that. So after treatment ended, um, I just kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And like all the tests came back normal, of course, because, you know, that's what they do. Um, And then the doctors were just, they were, they listened, but they were very dismissive at the same time, right? Like they kind of heard me, but they're like, "Mm." they said after everything that I went through, you know, with chemo and everything that you know, it's going to take a while for my body to recover. And I was like, okay, I'm 39 years old. Last year I was out like racing my mountain bike. I can't get out of bed. Something's wrong with me. You know, all the, all the girls in support group, they're out running those 5k pink ribbon races. I can't get out of bed. Something is wrong. So I say, fortunately, just because a lot of times those diagnoses take years, but it took a year to finally be diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And that I remember going into the endocrinologist office and he was just almost, almost <laughs> as good as the doctor that called me on my birthday to let me know my breast cancer diagnosis. And he's like, you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Here's your Synthroid come back in three months and mm-hmm. sent me on my way. So I was like, okay. Um, I don't know what this is and I've got my medicine. So I guess that means I'm going to take my medicine. I'm going to be better. And all's like, I'm just going to be healed and I'm going to be better. And yeah, that's not how it works. Um, so yeah, number one, Synthroid did not work for me. Um, number two, no mention about any kind of diet or nutrition or lifestyle or, you know, anything like that. Um, I ended up going through three endocrinologists, um, before, yeah. Mm. They, they, they got fired off. And, um, so yeah, so it was like a one, two kind of gut punch, right. To my yeah. house. But then the, the medicine wasn't working. I kept getting sicker and the chronic fatigue was just, I mean, debilitating. I mean, I had the, the migraines and the IBS and the, you know, the, the aches and the pains and the hair falling out and all of the things and the brain fog and, And when it was 2017 and the fatigue got so bad, I was falling asleep at work. Like it was Mm -hmm. really bad. And I, the, I had a new management team that came in and they ended up illegally rescinding all of my approved medical leave. And overnight I was pretty much out of a job. So our income was cut in half. Um, overnight I went from this just awesome job, six figures, you know, living this amazing life to, you know, figuring out number one, my health was at rock bottom, like just sleeping all day long, how to get healthy. And then number two, like, how are we going to, you know, figure this out? We live in the DC Metro area. It's a high cost of living. So that was rock bottom. Number one, number two, and number three, because again, Sober achiever couldn't hit rock bottom just once. So, but that third, that third rock bottom, like that was the wake up call, you know, 
and 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 I know you know this um like you all of these symptoms right it's your body telling you something mm-hmm. right like yeah. it, it's something is wrong yeah and you know cancer wasn't enough Hashimoto's wasn't enough the fatigue wasn't enough it's like my body was screaming at me and mm-hmm. forced me to shut down because I didn't listen because I didn't stop Hmm. That reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. The body speaks to us. Mm -hmm. We listen to its whispers. We don't have to endure its screams. Yeah. 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 And I mean, gosh, thank you for sharing that story. And, you know, my heart goes out to you. It's so relatable. I know for me and so many of the listeners, I mean, your whole life gets compromised by this thing that the doctors just present as it's no big deal. Whoa, you've survived cancer. Not, you know, Hashimoto's is no big deal. Just take your synthetic thyroid medication and your TSH is normal. So everything else is, you know, you're fine or it's all in your head or whatever. And a lot of us have that experience of finding out that there's a lot more to it than that. And it can actually be really debilitating to the point where people are, bedridden and unable to work. And if diet and lifestyle does come up, I mean, I was told for years, it doesn't make a difference, Mm. which I'm living proof is completely not true. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, it wasn't until I started incorporating diet and lifestyle that I started getting my health back. So, so yeah, tell, can you tell us a little bit about like, okay, so you hit your rock bottom. How, how did you bounce back? So it was about that point that, um, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't really think it was a moment. I think it was just over time. I decided to take personal responsibility. Um, my health was pretty much a train wreck at that point. And I'm like, okay, what, what can I do? Like, this is not acceptable. And I don't want to live the rest of my life this way. And even if I'm never quote unquote healed, I know that like, there's got to be something better out there, right? Like I was just hoping for an improvement. And so I started doing a lot of research and realizing, oh, gluten-free is a thing. Oh, dairy-free is a thing. Oh, minimizing sugar is a thing. Oh, eating more fruits and vegetables is a thing. Oh, minimizing toxins is a thing. Oh, getting better sleep is a thing, right? Like, oh, there's a lot out there that can move the needle. And that we have control over. Yes. Yes. And, you know, so, so little by little, it did start to, to move the needle. And what I found though, was that the biggest game changer was the emotional component. And, you know, when the, the first time I went to, um, I did some energy healing. The first time I went to my chiropractor, both of them, the very first things out of their mouth, was how's that anger thing working for you? And I'm like, what? We just met. How do you know? <laughs> huh. So, you know, it's just funny. Like they they say what the body keeps score, right? Like, you know, dealing with that emotional component was so big. And um, that was, that was, you know, I, I like to say, and we can get in, obviously we're here for gratitude. I like to say that like all of these things that we do, it's like the, the, instruments in an orchestra, right? 
like your, your nutrition's like the, the trumpet and your sleep is like the flute and, you know, all these things that you do, but gratitude's like the conductor, right? Cause gratitude kind of, it controls your brain. It controls the emotions, like all of this stuff. And everyone's like, like ready to go and ready to start the healing process. But once like that, that switch happens in your brain and the, and the conductor, you know, gratitude's the conductor and starts like, okay, let's play. And we're like, then everyone starts to work together. So I know I'm jumping a little ahead of myself, but I just was like, that's how kind of it all comes together. I love that metaphor. That's beautiful. I've never heard that. And the, all the different pieces as, you know, like a symphony. Right. Right. And then this conductor. Okay. So what was the moment for you that, cause you've really, you've done a lot of different things sort of in the like health and wellness sphere. What was there a moment for you that made you decide to really uh, zero in on gratitude in your coaching and on your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So it actually started with the word fortitude and just a quick um, backstory. My mother was diagnosed with Addison's disease when she was pregnant with me. So this was back in, don't do the math, 1971. <laughs> um, yeah, don't do the math if you're listening. So um, yeah, so, but her life mantra, like she had years of being sick, years of being healthy, but she always said it builds fortitude. I heard this every single day of my life. Wow. And she kept saying it builds fortitude, it builds fortitude. So when I'm going through my own health struggles, I'm like, oh, it's the struggles in life that build fortitude. Like, oh, I'm building fortitude. I'm staying strong, right? But it wasn't until she passed away in 2019. And I don't know, I just started thinking about this whole like fortitude thing. And I'm like, something's missing. And I wasn't sure what it was. And she was already, she was already gone. I mean, I kind of, you know, asked spirit and everything, but there, I was like, there's a missing piece. And it hit me that the it that she was talking about was gratitude and how she lived her entire life with gratitude and love and just led with that, not knowing, you know, on any given day, if it was going to be her last. And I started to kind of put the pieces together and think about everything that she taught me. And then I really started digging into the research of gratitude and ended up going down this like whole rabbit hole of the science and the psychoneuroimmunology and the neuroplasticity and all the things and realizing what an absolute game changer that gratitude is mm -hmm. and putting it together that gratitude is what builds fortitude. Gratitude is what builds that mental strength. You know, but it's not just that it's, it's like I said, it's the conductor to, to everything in our lives. And so I started sharing with my, um, I'd already been growing my pink fortitude community and I started sharing with them and I'm getting like deer in the headlights, right? Like, what do you mean gratitude? And so I started digging and asking some questions cause I'm all excited. I'm like, woohoo, gratitude. Right. And I started doing a survey and 75%, 75%, three quarters of the majority of women in my community said that gratitude either doesn't work for them or that they don't feel worthy of gratitude. That, hmm. and, and that kind of had me pause. Cause I'm like, okay, first of all, breaks my heart. Second of all, completely unacceptable. Gratitude is free. There's what almost 8 billion people on the planet. We should all be able to practice gratitude. 
So why is it that so many, I mean, a overwhelming majority, so many of us either think that they're not worthy or that it's not for them or that they just can't get it to work. And then hmm. that caused me to really start putting the the puzzle pieces together. And I realized that it's, it's number one, you've got your everyday stressors in life. Number two, you have your health challenge, but then you've got your health challenge also adds additional challenges, financial challenges, um, doctors being dismissive, relationship challenges, um, you know, jumping from meds to meds, trying different protocols, nothing working, like people, you know, falling out of your lives or, you know, all these things, right? So it's just a compounded level of stress and kind of getting to that point where it's almost like giving up. And it's just, when you're in that place, it's really hard to see that there's another side that I should be grateful for this life that I have that's not what it's supposed to be, right? Like no one asked to get these diagnoses. So that's when I was like really starting to click in terms of, okay, this is why gratitude isn't working. So let's do something about it. So that's when I decided to flip it upside down, started coaching, started my podcast and yeah, here we are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm, I'm really dying to hear about some of what you, what you've learned about it, because I think so many of us have that idea that we can just jot a few things down or, you know, the typical things that you hear, you know, have a gratitude journal, think of three things while you're laying in bed at night and things like that. So what have you found like, as far as up-leveling our gratitude practice? Like, are there some, some key things that you've learned along the way that really help make that practice of gratitude more effective for us? Yeah, that, that is a really good question, Jenny. And I think it's, there's two parts to that. Um, number one is that gratitude's more than just making a list of three things. If you're on my Instagram account, like every other day, you see me kind of like that list of three things, throwing it out the window. Um, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong or it's bad. It's just, there's a lot more to it, but then, you know, that it, it is a trend. It's a, it's an inside out transformation, right? Mm-hmm. Like gratitude can literally change your life, but it's also from a place of everyone tells you 99.9% of the people out there tell you to make a list of three things. And it, it doesn't help with that inner transformation, but then also we're all different. And, you know, gratitude should be on your own terms. I always like to say, meet gratitude where gratitude is at and let gratitude meet you where you're at. And, you know, you talked before about, um, you know, kind of gratitude, like, like almost like water. And it's a word that just gets thrown around so much that it's kind of like you say, water, 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 water. And all of a sudden it, water doesn't sound like water anymore. Gratitude is kind of the same way. Mm. Like you hear it, you hear, oh, I'll just make a list of three things. That's how I got started. I'm not knocking the list. It's how I got started. And it works about 25% of the people it works for. So that's awesome. But what about everyone else? Right? So I always like to say gratitude on your own terms. Like there's different ways to start approaching a gratitude practice. Maybe, um, you know, you do that kind of morning power hour and, or maybe you're someone who wants to walk and kind of like 
do that processing of gratitude as you're walking and experiencing, you know, nature or what's outside or what's coming up. Um, you know, maybe you're someone who wants to just go really, really deep with something like just take a topic and just go really, really deep with it. Maybe you're someone who wants to just have a game around the dinner table, right? And just like everyone talk about what they're grateful for at the end of the day. You know, maybe you're someone that just wants to post on social media, like all your gratitudes, right? So there's different ways to get started that doesn't have to be that list of three things. So you you kind of hear me, it's almost like tongue in cheek, right? Talking about the, the list of three things, but there's so many other ways that you can start to at least start to practice gratitude. But if if it's if it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I'm I'm saying thank you or I'm doing my list and you feel good in the moment, but it doesn't have that just life altering, you know, dramatic, profound change in your life. Not saying exactly you're doing it wrong, but it can be improved, right? And the 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 list is like 2% of what gratitude can do. And you you mentioned, I'm actually going to pull up some stats here. Um, you mentioned earlier some of the, the science, and I want to kind of dive into a couple more of the statistics. Yes. Um, yeah, 20% more energy. So like basically practicing gratitude, scientifically proven to have um, with all the different studies, uh, 20% more energy, improve the quality of your relationships, exercise, 33% more a week, 10% fewer stress-related illnesses, 16% less depressed, sleep better, um, 23% uh, less stressed and increased mental strength and like, that's what I call the fortitude, right? So it it can literally change your life, your entire overall health and, and well-being. It's just, I like to flip it upside down and kind of teach it from that inside out approach. Mm, I love that. And it is so powerful. Thank you for sharing some of the statistics on that, because it is almost like a, a thought medicine. And, you know, one of the um, ideas that you mentioned is, you know, maybe some people want to have a practice around the dinner table. And that's something we do as a family, you know, we're big believers in like sitting down to dinner every night and things like that. And of course, with it being Thanksgiving week, that tradition of giving thanks before a meal is kind of top of mind. And I've been thinking about that. I mean, this is a practice that's done all over the world amongst different faiths, like non-denominational, you know, there's so many different ways to practice giving thanks before a meal. So what are your thoughts on that practice? Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is one of the most key practices with gratitude and especially because, you know, gratitude rewires your brain, right? To help you kind of go from that negative state to that positive state. Gratitude helps to rewire your, your nervous system to go from the sympathetic, the, the stress, the, the fight, flight, or freeze to the parasympathetic, right? The rest and digest. And, you know, our cells are always listening to us. They receive the food that we feed them. They receive the water. And they receive our thoughts, our emotions, right? And when you are thankful, and again, regardless of your religion, faith, or spiritual practice, when you are thankful, when you take that pause and you say thank you for the food that is about to nourish your body, you're sending that gratitude to that food that will go right to your cells right? So it's almost like a double whammy, right? You're getting the good thoughts and you're getting the good nutrition. And here's the other thing too. And I know this is, this is right up your alley from the food perspective 
is, you know, it's really easy to eat junk food. You know, it's easy just to open a bag and eat whatever's inside. It's it's yeah. easy to be unhealthy with our food choices. And when we take that pause and are more mindful and grateful for the food that we eat, right? It's almost like that little check, like, hmm, really? Is that the best choice? Maybe you want something healthier. And it's 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 also a time to just kind of pause and to say, you know what, maybe, maybe there is a healthier option. And instead of just mindlessly going to whatever's quick and fast and easy and, you know, maybe eating at the TV or eating at your desk at lunch and, you know, having that time that is dedicated to nourishing your body with your food, with gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. It, it is uh, so powerful. You know, I, you're so right. It's so much easier to eat unhealthy food than it is to eat healthy food. I mean, healthy food requires a lot more preparation, handling healthy choices. You know, you got to figure out how to prepare it in a way that you enjoy the taste. But one theme I keep hearing like pop up in what you're saying is um, like worthiness, this worthiness piece sort of dovetailing with gratitude. And as we, would you say it's true that maybe as we practice gratitude more that that worthiness piece sort of naturally bubbles up to the surface more where we're like, I'm thinking about what I'm eating. And well, you know, we may be in a place of, I'm just grateful to have food to fill my belly. Maybe more questions are popping up of like, is this really the best for me to be eating? Right? Like, is this really like how I can show myself gratitude? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. A lot of my clients come to me in a place that self-love is really foreign to them. Mm -hmm. And I always, I always kind of like to say gratitude's the gateway drug, right? Uh, And to really start opening that door, right? Because you can, you can be grateful for little things that start growing into bigger things. And when you have that gratitude for food that is going to nourish your cells, right? Nourish your body. And, and you have that place of mindfulness that it really does open the door to self-worth, to that self-love, to starting to make better choices for your health that, you know what, I, I am consciously making this choice to, you know, to, to, okay, I'm going to consciously choose processed food over good food to, I'm now going to consciously choose to nourish my body with really good food. So it's, it's a process, you know? Yeah. Well put. And, you know, I love that image of giving the thanks over the food and that gratitude going into the food. I mean, that's getting into like some quantum stuff, even on a a cellular level and right up there with gratitude as being something that's been proven, scientifically proven over and over and over to support your health. Also, I think it comes into the realm of mindful eating, bringing you know, gratitude for our food and our meals, for our bodies, for the way that we, even for the the work we did to prepare a healthy meal for ourselves or our families or the people we love and care about, you know, it just, it all sort of uh, mixes together. And those things help us 
digest our food better. They help us get more nutrients from the food that goes into our mouths. You know, that emotional piece, the stress piece, the mindfulness piece, the gratitude piece is such a huge part of this healing journey. And it is something I'm kind of this season, season two of thyroid healthy bites. I'm really kind of focusing a lot on the emotional piece because it is a missing link, I think for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't, I never want to fall into the trap of just food because yes, food food is powerful, but it goes so much bigger than that. And I think to really get to a place where where we're even on a sustainable path with healthy eating, that's lifelong, that can support us forever and ever where it's not like, oh, I'm on a diet for my thyroid. You know, that's not, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about lifelong, sustainable, healthy changes to the way you eat fundamentally to the way you think about food. And that's not possible if there's not that, um, that self-love, that worthiness, the gratitude, the mindfulness, all those other pieces of it. So yeah, obviously lots of thoughts percolating from your words. So I just love your, uh, your perspective on this. Are there any gratitude practices that you feel don't work or just aren't going to like cut the cranberry sauce, so to speak? Like, yeah, yeah, I know, you know, you kind of touched on the the list of three things. It's like, it's not bad, but it's just, there's so many other ways to do it. Are there others that you feel maybe aren't the best use of our energy? Yeah. I mean, definitely, like I said, the, the list of three things, and again, not that it's, it's wrong. It's just, if it's not working or you're not seeing the results, there's, there's other ways that, that you can get started. There's other ways that you can have that inner transformation. Um, but the other thing too, is, um, what, what I see so often is the journaling component and, oh, I don't need to journal. And it's true, you don't need to journal to be grateful, but to have that kind of really profound inner transformation that gratitude can give you, the journaling component goes hand in hand with that. And mm-hmm. that's 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 one of the myths that I like to debunk is, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, you, you don't technically have to journal, but when you do and you put it all together, the, the magic really starts to happen. I, this might be kind of a hard question, but it, I've been wondering about this. Is there a dark side of gratitude? Like I'm thinking of times that, that I, or maybe people I know, like buried their feelings of hurt or anger beneath this idea that I guess I should just be grateful when sometimes what we really need to be is hurt or angry, you know, to make those healthy boundaries with how people treat us, et cetera. Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. And there absolutely is a dark side to gratitude. Um, Almost from a, I don't know, I don't know the technical difference between um, toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing, but almost from a place of, oh, just be grateful. And I cringe every time I hear that. Yes, I'm a gratitude coach. And I cringe every time I hear someone say, oh, just be grateful, because it sounds so dismissive, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's something going on. And, oh, well, you know, there's other bad things going on. So you should just be grateful, right? No, be in the feels. Um, you know, it's, it's, I always like to say it's okay to 
it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to not be okay and not do something about it. Right. So be in the feels Mm -hmm. first and then go do something about it. I actually have, if we have time, I've got a really kind of cute and funny story when my mother passed about this, about the dark side of gratitude. Do we have time? Oh yes, please. Yeah. So she passed stories. Yeah. She passed in, um, 2019. So we got, uh, sorry, 73 years with her, which was awesome. And so I was already knee deep in my gratitude practice. And I remember, um, like really trying to process that grief and it was almost like it was an angel and a defiant toddler on my shoulder. Right. (laughs) Like the angel was like, you know, you should be grateful because you're like into this gratitude thing. And the defiant toddler was on the other side. Like, I don't want to be grateful. Right. Yeah. Like they cross their arms and like stomp up and down. And, um, and it was just like this, like dueling banjo between the, you know, the angel saying, just be grateful. And the toddler saying, I don't want to be grateful. And like having this battle going on. And I was like, you know what? I just want to be sad right now. I don't want to be grateful. I just want to be sad. I want to cry. I want to have like the, you know, heaving, ugly tear, ugly cry, you know, grieving, missing my mom right now. And I let myself go there. I let myself go to that place where I could be in all of the feels. And in the middle of that, I thought about my, I have this, um, little yellow mechanical pencil. Let me get them at like Target or Walmart or whatever. Like they're what 99 cents, right? The little mechanical pencils. And for whatever reason, I was attached to this little yellow mechanical pencil. And in my head, I was like, I'm grateful for my yellow pencil. Okay. It is a stupid yellow pencil. (laughs) Like, let's be real folks. Okay. But it made me smile and it opened the door. So, you know, I, I, I let myself be in the feels. I didn't cave into this, you know, you need to be grateful. You should be grateful, right? Just be grateful. Um, I let myself really be in the feels. And that was when, and, and that tiny little crack in the door of that silly yellow pencil opened the door back up to, you know, letting gratitude back into my life. Your mom sounds like a really amazing person. Yeah, she was. I'm sure she's going to be on your mind this Thanksgiving. I was wondering if you had any Thanksgiving tips or thoughts for us as we kind of move into this holiday that's really centered around gratitude. It is. And, you know, I was, I was actually thinking of that. um, I was actually thinking of that today, just kind of in, thinking about coming on this podcast and Thanksgiving and everything. And it's, it's easy to be grateful when things are good. It's a lot harder to be grateful when things aren't. And there's so many people that are going to be celebrating Thanksgiving where gratitude is going to come very easy for them because things are very good. Um, There's going to be people who are celebrating Thanksgiving this year where gratitude is going to be a lot harder that, you know, maybe it's a financial problems or there's one person less at the table or, you know, things just are different this year. And to, again, not to force it, but to look at it from a place of, you know, how has gratitude changed in my life, right? How has gratitude changed? And 
even not from a place of, you know, what we call traditional gratitude is looking at things that have happened, right? So I'm grateful for something that has happened, but looking at gratitude from a place of being present, right? What am I grateful for this second, this moment? And what am I grateful for in the future, right? The future gratitudes that we can be grateful for things that haven't happened yet. And, you know, if you are in that place where Thanksgiving looks a little different this year, or you're not feeling grateful to just be present, to be in that moment, to, to feel what you feel, and then to think about your future gratitudes and, and what that looks like. So how's gratitude going to be a part of your Thanksgiving this year? So I am spending Thanksgiving with daddy Bob this year and missing mama fortitude. We used to have a 30 people at our house and a whole house full of food. And so Thanksgiving is going to be a little smaller and a little more intimate and just being thankful that, you know, he's still with, with us and he's still around and being able to, to have that special time with him. Well, I am going to be thinking of you this Thanksgiving, and I'm so grateful to you for being here with us today and just opening and expanding our minds around this topic. I think it's so powerful, and I know it's been a huge part of my own healing journey. So <clears throat> so grateful to you for coming on today and sharing your, your wisdom and your insight with us. Oh, thank you for having me, Jenny. So where can people find you online, Holly? Absolutely. Um, probably the best place is the Gratitude Builds Fortitude podcast. So while you're listening to this one, you can head on over and listen to that one. And then I actually made um, a, an, a special um, place of resource for your listeners. It's uh, pinkfortitude.com slash Jenny in all lowercase. And I've got personalized resources um, for your listeners um, a link to the podcast, and I've got um, a personalized quiz that they can take as well to find out what their unique gratitude style is and to, with resources to help them get started. And then um, on Instagram at holly.bertone. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm excited for that. And I will definitely add that special page to the show notes. So all of you listeners and viewers can check that out. And to our audience, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites. If you've enjoyed the show, please don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a comment or a review. Thank you again so much for being here, Holly. I wish you a happy Thanksgiving and all of the listeners as well. For anyone out there, you can find more thyroid-friendly diet and lifestyle inspiration, as well as the show archives for Thyroid Healthy Bites at hypothyroidchef.com. I'm Ginny Mahar wishing you the best of health and a happy Thanksgiving. See you next time.